Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi. I'm back, baby. Uh, back with my man, Mr. Jim Eichenhofer. I missed the glow of your face. I missed the ah, the smell of the bu- I can still barely smell, but I missed the <laughs> smell of the building. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a crazy one tonight, man. 9 p.m. tip. Uh, luckily, uh, I didn't sleep. My two-year-old decided uh, not to sleep. Uh, you know, and it's it's just there's nothing more jarring. Than when a, a non-verbal three foot tall dude just opens your door, stares at you, and craps his pants. <laughs> uh, that keeps you up for a while. So, uh, you know, hoping that I can uh, be fueled enough by energy drinks to power through. But I'm ready, man. We're on a three game winning streak. Let's keep rolling. That does sound like a, a, a rough way to begin your day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry for that. We're Trembling glad, in the karate stance. We're glad to have you back on board after um, you were a DMP Wednesday, so yeah. it's good to have you. Thank you for holding um, down the fort, by the way. No problem. Tonight's uh, 9 p.m. game kind of reminds me of, I think, some of your sayings where you talk about the fans need to gird their loins. Gird and I think loins. it's going to be enough time for people to get proper, properly lubricated for this ball game as yes. well. So, I mean, it's been so much fun the last couple home games in the arena. La- the last three, I mean, not just beyond the fact, too, that it was all three were wins. Yeah, that um, I'm expecting it to be a lot like that tonight. I think the 9 p.m. could add a little bit to the atmosphere of just people having a lot of fun and just having kind of like yeah, a party atmosphere. Yeah, y'all better not come tired. Y'all better come in from a night out. And, th- and this is a really interesting game as well. I mean, it's an ESPN game, and I think there's a good reason why going all the way back to August when the schedule came out, the ESPN selected this game. Um, two of the teams that have some of the most young talent in the league. Um, I think this schedule was made even before the Cavs picked up Donovan Mitchell. So that's another player in the mix. Um, just should be a lot. It should be a really fun matchup. Um, the Cavs have two guards who've scored 50 plus points this season in a game. We owe them. Darius Garland had 51 against Minnesota. Donovan Mitchell had 71 for crying out loud 
in an overtime win against Chicago. So that, that, that was like the, the the ball was on fire on NBA. Jam. It, it, that's it was. not real. That's insane. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough one. But honestly, the Pels have faced some tough opponents, shorthanded, and I I'm back to feeling like uh, the Pels can take any game, uh, any any night. You know, when when the Pels face the Kings. Uh, higher seeded team, shorthanded, no Jonas. You know, j- just seeing everyone step up lately. Seeing seeing Trey Murphy play well lately. Seeing Bi looking like himself. Uh, it, it's going to be an interesting stretch, man. Uh, now, where do you think we sit in the West? Now things have settled. Yeah, I cannot remember a time when the Western Conference had more pure talent in it uh, than right now. And that, mm-hmm. I've been a basketball fan for a long time. That's a crazy statement to make, but it feels true. We're no slouches. I where do you feel like we sit in the West? Now? Yeah, I mean, for one thing, in I think at the low point, the Pelicans were eleventh in the standings. Right now, and obviously this is extremely fluid because it changes literally almost every single day. But yeah. right now they're back up to seventh. And to me, yeah, uh Phoenix loaded up by getting Kevin Durant and some of the other teams made moves that could potentially help them a ton. But for me, I'm back in the mode of Try to get back in the top four, top five, because yeah. it's for one, it's not that far away. And I mean, based on the way the Pelicans have played lately, you got to think that it's very doable that they could move up a couple spots. They're only one game. The Clippers are in fifth right now, but the Pelicans are only one game behind them, mm-hmm. and they're tied in the loss column. So to me, I'm shifting back into the mode of instead of being worried about you know they're losing a bunch of games and they're yeah. dropping spots, it's time to go the other way. Just yeah, keep now adding, we roll right, keep adding to this win streak. Going strong, going into the all-star break. There's a two-game road trip next week to Oklahoma City and the Lakers again. Um, pick up a couple more wins. I mean, hopefully all of them. But And, I mean, they have the chance to keep moving up. Uh, if Phoenix is greatly improved, I mean, maybe they're a team that you slot in as a definite top six along with, I think, Denver and Memphis, you can say. I think you can say they're a definite Are probably going to be top yeah. six. Maybe Sacramento – We'll see on that. But I think there are a couple spots there that are open for teams to get in there and not have to be part of the playing tournament. So yeah, some of those Cinderella story teams, I think you're going to see slipping now. You mm-hmm. know, the Kings were a fun story for a bit, but uh, I think you're going to say bye-bye to them. Yeah, it's going to uh, be tougher. Yeah. It's going to be tougher with some of the moves that some of these other teams have made. So I'm I'm back into optimistic mode as far as just the potential that the Pelicans have and then hopefully – you know, after the all-star break, they'll be able to get back to 100% full strength and be able to take off from there. Am I crazy for thinking I'm really not terrified of any team as stacked as the West is? I just, I don't think we're going to, look, if, in my heart of hearts, do I think the Pelicans realistically are going to win it all the season? No. I would love it if it mm-hmm. was, but I don't expect it. Uh, but... You look at the teams going forward, man, Kevin Durant misses a lot of games. He's getting old. Uh, eventually, LeBron's going to age. How mm-hmm. long is that Lakers squad that just got put together now, how long is that squad going to stay together? Uh, right. AD don't... misses a lot of games. There's mm-hmm. so many. On paper, a lot of things look great for a lot of teams. But I think we've seen the Nets, for example. A lot of things on paper don't turn out the way they should. Sure. Yeah, and I think that's part been part of the conversation to me all season across the NBA and maybe more specifically just in the West that, you know, I think everyone has respect for the teams that are at the top Denver and Memphis that have been there for a while. But at the same time, I don't think partly because those teams have don't have this sustained track record of great postseason success, the way yeah. golden state does because of that. I don't feel 
people generally have the same opinion that you just expressed, which is that, you know, nobody is this unbeatable juggernaut that can't be taken down. Yeah. I think based on the way, some of the way the games have gone between the Pelicans and Denver and Memphis, like I said, you have to have respect for them because they've done some damage and Memphis has looked really good, especially in the games in, in Memphis. But, um, in general, I mean, especially when you play them here, you feel like you can win those games, yep. and you're not really afraid of ever, anyone. You feel like right. they're good teams, but you're not really yeah, scared. Yeah, there are teams you're more worried about those nights, mm-hmm. but there's no one that I'm just like, oh, let's just lay down and die. We're just going to get kicked around. There's right. no one. There's mm-hmm. no one I look at uh, and and just feel like it's a lost cause. So I, I think a lot of Pelicans fans are down because there wasn't a, a big trade, but but we talked about it on the podcast before. What big trades do you make? For whom? At mm-hmm. this point in the season, I think, look, yeah, uh, we love Devontae Graham. He was a great guy. Um, but for the for the reason he was brought here, it just wasn't panning out. And, you know, he was going to be an expensive contract. Uh, the Pelicans got more size. They got a little more scoring. Basically, it's not a long-term thing. It's not a long-term marriage, this trade we mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. And we shored up one of our weaknesses for, you know, not not a lot. Uh, it, it feels like a very prudent trade, if not something that, that you're going to, you know, rip off your shirt and whip it around your head like Petey Pablo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I do that sometime, you know, yeah, when, oh, I'm in, know. when I'm in the right mood. I know yeah. you, you've seen it before. Yeah. But, uh, n- no, I mean, you have to factor in, and we talk about this with, with Will Guillory in the podcast later, um, you have to factor in the timetables that each team has. And to me, I, I look at part of the, the thought process, at least in my mind, and I, granted they're not asking me and I'm not making front office decisions, but yeah, part, of my, part of my thought process is just, I mean, y- you're building up for, you want to win as much as you can. I'm, everyone does. Sure. But maybe but you're two, building th- a foundation still. Right, maybe two or three f- years from now when you're starting to, everyone's hitting their peak and going into their prime some of these other teams are coming down and so simultaneously when you're moving up some of these other teams have already made their run and now they have to disband because they have players who are older they have guys that have run out their contracts are running out or Mm -hmm. your cap situation is untenable so you want to be the team that can not only just win now and like i said maybe hopefully be a top six team this year but also couple years from now, be able to be the team that steps in and says, okay, now yes. we're the ones that are you're going to have to point at as the team to be. I feel like we're a, it, still with Memphis. I still feel like we're in a fantastic position to inherit the West. Uh, a, a lot of those teams traded their future, and they got older. It is a win-now situation for them, which is not where the Pelicans are at all. I don't feel like they're stealing our time from us. Um, you know what? Jim, Jim has just written real, real big right here. He wants to talk about his poll. Uh, so, Jim... Jim's going to talk about his poll today on the podcast. What's going on with your poll, Jim? <laughs> yes, indeed, Joe. Well, I uh, on Friday game days, a lot of times I put out a Pelicans Friday hashtag poll. And today's was among the Pelicans' three remaining games, which is the most important for them between now and the All-Star break. Um, as I speak this morning, as we record this, I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but um, they have, the Pelicans have... Friday night, Cavaliers, Monday at OKC, Wednesday at the Lakers. 80% of the votes right now are going towards that Wednesday game against the Lakers. So maybe I shouldn't be shocked by that. I mean, there's a a multitude of reasons, many of which we've (laughs) outlined many Many times over the course of the last few months that I don't know if we need to get in because people have heard (laughs) it, our song and dance and rant before. But um, Cavaliers game is 17%. 
Uh, Monday at OKC, 3%. I was, I'm surprised a little bit that that didn't get more votes. I wasn't expecting the Thunder game to dominate by any means because, you know, the Lakers rivalry and the Cavs are pretty um, fun and intriguing team, but I think the Thunder 3%. are going to be like a, like in three four years when you look down the the road at the West, the Thunder are going to be a team we're going to be paying a lot of attention to, just like sure. uh, Memphis now. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe not this season, but but in the future, you better be paying attention to the Thunder. That's a big gym pull, man. Uh, and look, we got to talk about it before we uh, before we get out of here. Otherwise, we're going to seem like cowards. Uh, Zion is going to be out past the All Star break. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out about that. Do not panic. Here's the thing. It's not a setback. There has been no setback in his process. It is a precautionary thing. They didn't want him rushing back. He has to get a certain amount of practices in before you play. Uh, you know, he wanted to get back, and, and, and that's frustrating, I'm sure, for the big man. But I don't want people thinking like, oh, no, what is it with Zion again now? Mm-hmm. It's not that sort of situation. And as I've mentioned before, I, I am a doctor. But yes, Dr. Jimothy. In this case, I thought... I mean, honestly, I thought that once we got down to having not knowing money much or any of the specifics, I I really thought going back a few weeks that once we got down to there's two, three games left before the all-star break, that it wouldn't make sense for him to come back and play one or two games and then have a week off for all-star. I mean, get him the extra rest and and hopefully he'll be able to come back when we get back from the all-star. Yeah. What's it's more important to be there for the push. And luckily we've been winning some games without him. Let's get the big man healthy. One of our favorite guests, a great writer for the athletic. He covers the Pelicans. You know him and love him. He's a friend of the podcast. Hey, let's get to Will Guillory. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast. It's been a minute. And uh, we couldn't wait to talk to him. The Athletics, Will Guillory. You can follow him at Will Guillory on Twitter for the hottest takes. Will, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well trying to uh, conserve my energy. It's going to be a late night in the in the blender oh. tonight. So we'll see how we can figure this thing out with a 9 p.m. tip. is definitely going to be weird, but it'll be a good game at least. Well, Will, I know it's going to be a late night for all of us tonight. I'm imagining that yesterday was a pretty hectic and busy day for you as well as you followed all of the trades and you tracked down the leads. And and I believe, if I'm correct, I believe the Athletic was the first to report the the Pelicans trade that they made with San Antonio as well. So... Tip of the I mean, cap. you know, my guy Shams is the best in the business, so I wouldn't expect anything <laughs> less. Yeah, I'm glad your fingers aren't still bleeding today, man. You were uh, you were furiously having to follow that stuff. Uh, I mean, what'd you think of the uh, what'd you think of the trade? I mean, it was an insane day for sure. Uh, you know, with so many big names moving around, so many teams in the Western Conference making you know huge moves. Because throughout the season, you know, we've talked about how it felt like the West was really wide open and. You know, we saw teams rising and falling, and, you know, Denver's been up there, but I think people are still trying to wait to see if Denver can really be that team at the top. And now you see Phoenix push all their chips in, getting Kevin Durant, and Dallas pushing their chips in with Kyrie Irving. So, I mean, the West was already fascinating, but now with these newly assembled super teams, it's going to be crazy, you know, during this final stretch, and it seems like, Every single team is still in it in the West, other than like San Antonio and Houston, where they're floundering down there in Wimby land. But other than that, it's going to be crazy, you know, in the Western Conference. Yeah, well, I'm sure we're going to get into some of the more specifics across the West. Like you said, it's pretty fascinating to look back at what some of the teams did and then how that's going to affect the last 20-plus games for everybody. But I guess starting specifically with the Pelicans trade, what was your 
assessment of that move? What, what do you think were some of the reasons behind that? And um, what what kind of player is Josh Richardson in terms of maybe for Pelicans fans who aren't necessarily that familiar with him? Yeah, I mean, Josh Richardson, uh, you know, added a, a couple of elements the Pelicans needed, right? He, he's a bigger body on the perimeter where the Pels are playing. You know, Jose, Devontae Graham, CJ, these smaller guards. Josh Richardson, the guy who's able to guard up a little bit more, defend, you know, the, the bigger guards, the Jimmy Butlers of the world, the, you know, Jamal Murray when he wants to get into the post or, you know, these type of guys, Dylan Brooks, you know, these level of players you're going to see from night to night. And I think the, the Pelicans had trouble on certain games where they were playing these, you know, two small guard lineups. And I think Josh Richardson just gives them a little bit more versatility. And he's a guy who can knock down some shots, too. You know, Devontae came to New Orleans as a, a three-point shooter, but I think he kind of struggled throughout, especially this year, just knocking down shots consistently. I think Josh Richardson, they're hoping to give them a little bit more consistency just as a, as a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, but I think, you know, bigger than anything, I think Josh is a, a veteran guy. He's been around. He's played on playoff teams. He's gone toe-to-toe with a bunch of these great players. So I think just having that experience, I think, is going to help. And also there's obviously the financial element as well. But I just think just what he brings is probably just what they need a little bit more off the bench with his size and his experience. Well, from a big-picture standpoint, obviously, and again, I'm sure we're going to get into some of the specifics of what some of the other teams did and some of the big splashes that various teams made, including Phoenix and Dallas, but – um, from a Pelicans perspective, I mean, obviously they didn't make a massive move. How do you view, you know, the decision making that they made? Maybe in terms of just how happy they are with the the, the promise of this roster, just the future, ta- the talent that they have in, in terms of going forward. I mean, do you kind of see it as the kind of thing where it's? I mean, some of these other teams are going all in on five minutes from now in the playoffs postseason that's coming up here in April. Whereas I don't think necessarily the Pelicans are in that mode. I mean, how do you how did you view just the fact that they you know they made a, a, a minor move? They didn't really do anything that was you know headline generating like some of these other teams. Yeah, I just think it was tough for them just because to, to make that big of a commitment just because we haven't seen the team together. I mean, it's only been ten games with with CJ, Bi, and Zion on the floor together. We really don't know what it's going to look like quite yet, what type of players you got to surround them with. So to go out and get one of these guys like an OG Ananobi or a John Collins, I think that was a big commitment when you really haven't seen what your big three looks like together on the floor together. And frankly, I, I think the 10-game losing streak kind of you know dampered some of their, like, hey, we need to go all in for this season. This is our time. When you go on that big of a losing streak and you drop as much as they did in the standings, uh, I think it's tough to really, you know, make that type of commitment uh, when you still have to see what this team is going to look like when it's all together. We still aren't quite sure when Zion's going to be back healthy. We see, you know, Brandon Ingram starting to look like B.I. again. He's putting up those big numbers, making plays offensively. But this team still has a long way to go, and I think they want to allow this thing to kind of develop organically, let these young guys grow, let them go through one more playoff experience before they make that big of a financial jump, that big of a trade asset jump uh, to add somebody to this roster. And I think it was probably the right move for where this team is right now. Uh, I understand, you know, the fans are uh, can be a little bit frustrated because they want to see this team go for it. You see the talent on the roster. You see what's going on in the West. And you say, you know, why not us? Why not go for it? Uh, but I think, you know, what just what this team has dealt with this year, I think it's probably smarter 
just to put it off one more year, open up your financial flexibility next year, dodge that luxury tax, and, and see what it looks like. Finally, once these guys are healthy and good to go, uh, I think you want to get that experience under your belt and just see what you need before you make a big move. And then you look back, you know, a year from now and say, man, maybe did we jump a little bit too early? Would it have been better if we waited? And I wrote this in my story uh, yesterday. Uh, I think a perfect example of that is what happened with the Pelicans during the summer of 2021, right? Where people were saying, man, why didn't you bring Lonzo Ball back? Why couldn't they land Kyle Lowry? People wanted the, you know, them to make that big splash at point guard, and then they end up getting Devontae, and it felt like a whimper. But then by not making those big moves during the summer, you left the flexibility to go make your big move during the season to go trade for C.J. McCollum, right? And that was the big salary you ended up adding. And I think everybody would agree that getting C.J. McCollum in that spot is much better then, you know, committing all that money to Kyle Lowry or, you know, hoping Lonzo Ball's knee issues wouldn't have happened if he was here in New Orleans. So sometimes that patience pays off if you can wait for the right move to pop up. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See, this is why we have Will Guillory here. We Everything was on fire yesterday, if you check Twitter, surprise. Uh, and, and we needed uh, this voice of reason because, you know, I, Jim and I were talking about it. it. It's fun to think like we could win it all this year. You know, of course, uh, as a fan, you want to win it all. But but realistically, we're looking at the long view. You look about two, three, four years down the road. We're still finding out what the setup's going to be, especially with Trey Murphy still coming on, especially lately. B.I. looking like himself. Uh, Zion still waiting to come back. I mean, it, it's still exciting times ahead. I'd love to see how much hay the Pelicans can make against this stacked West and then kind of go from there and let's see where we stand after this season. I, it, it sounds defeatist, and, and I know that's boring, but, but I, I feel like it's the way to go going forward, man. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, like I said before, it's just tough to make that level of commitment when you're sitting there at number eight, right? I mean, yeah. when if they mm-hmm. were still sitting out there at, at number two, number three in the West, then it's understandable to say, okay, let's make a run. But when you're sitting there at number eight, uh, I think it's a little tough to be like, hey, we can make a championship run. We're ready to, to beat Kevin Durant and Devin Booker right now. I think it's just hard to make that level of commitment when you don't know what's going on with Zion Williamson when Brandon Ingram is still, you know, not quite 100% quite yet. Uh, so I think it's still a process for this team. We, we, people still got to remember, Zion's 22. Brandon Ingram's 25. Yes, yes. These guys are still so young. This time, Williams still hasn't played his first playoff game yet. So I think there's still so much room to grow for this team. Uh, it's a long process. But I do think 
uh, that at a certain point, ownership and the Pelicans front office will have to make their commitment. I, I think they're right to say it. Not, now is not the right time, but I do agree with the fans when they say at some point you have to push your chips in. At sure. some point when you have this level of talent, you got to say this is our time. That sure. time has to come eventually. You can't just keep making these cost-cutting moves. can't keep pushing it down the line. Uh, so at that time has to come eventually, but I can understand them saying now is not the right time to make that move. Uh, but I do think uh, the pressure will be on when you have a Zion Williamson, when you have a Brandon Ingram. These are some of the greatest players in the world. That These guys should be in a position where they're competing for championships eventually. Agreed. Uh, but I can understand them saying maybe this year isn't the right time to make that move quite yet. Yes. Will, speaking of pushing all your chips in, let, let's get to the, the really fun stuff now. Um, I guess we can start in terms of other teams in the West. We might as well start with the team that most people beyond the Pelicans, it, it, people in New Orleans are the most interested in for a, a laundry list of reasons. But let's start with the Lakers. What, what, kind of, what, kind of news, what kind of news do you have for us or for Pelicans fans in terms of what kind of impact that that trade is going to make? Uh, obviously, with a with an eye or both eyes on you know where that pick is going to fall. I mean, what what was your assessment of what the Lakers did with that trade? Yeah, unfortunately, guys, I, can, I cannot bring good news. I know this is a Laker hate friendly podcast. I'm always a Laker hate friendly type of guy. Yes, uh, but unfortunately, I, I got nothing but good things to say about the Lakers and what they oh, did wow. during this trade deadline. I mean. They didn't, uh, you know, go crazy and try to chase a superstar. They were prudent. They added what they needed. They added some depth. They added some shooting. I really love Malik Beasley's fit next to LeBron. I think Jared Vanderbilt is a really good role player. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, you can take him or leave him. I think he's fine, but, you know, I, I don't think he'll present some of the issues, especially off the court that Russell Westbrook had when he was in L.A. So I, I think they were really smart the way they approached this. Now, I don't think they're a championship contender. They can't beat the Suns or the, or the Grizzlies or the Mavs right now. Uh, but they did what they should have done. They added some depth to, to that roster. They added some pieces that actually fit next to their stars. And for once, I think they showed a little self-awareness. They didn't sit around and say somebody is going to bestow the next superstar upon us. They said, we got to make some moves just to improve our roster, just to make mm-hmm. this thing fit around LeBron a little bit better. So, I think they were really smart about what they did. I think they're going to be a playing team now. I think that's safe to say. Uh, that that sw- that pick swap right now isn't looking so Wimby positive for the Pelicans fans. I know that might be the most upsetting thing about all of this. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they did what they should have done, you know, during this process is knowing who they are, looking at that roster and saying, we got to just put some more pieces on the floor that makes sense. Uh, so for once the Lakers did something smart, and now uh, I guess we can all be sad about it because nobody likes when the Lakers don't do smart things. I mean, I'll, I'll call that glass half full because I, I agree with you. There, there are some some radio guys I was uh, in a group text with that uh, will rena- remain unnamed for now. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they were like, oh, my God, the Lakers are going to win it all now. And I was just sort of like, I think this keeps them out of the bottom of the West. But really, all it does is just make our pick a bummer. Uh, it doesn't really make me scared of the Lakers. Uh, you know, it sh- it shores them up. They look like a legitimate basketball team now. Now, however, that Suns trade, that's a different story. Suns trade now, they look like they could be a championship team. However, that window is narrow. 
That team just got old and they traded their whole future. So they better do it now because otherwise this streak of super teams that are great on paper, not going to look so good if they can't get it done either. Yeah. And this is a perfect example of this is the type of trades you make where you give away all these picks because it puts you in a position to win a championship. And this is what we were talking about with the Pelicans where people were saying, why not just give up three picks for OG Ananobi? Why not give up three picks for one of these guys to add to the rotation who could fit next design and BI and I would respond well. Are you going to win a championship when you add these guys? Uh, I don't think that's 100% guaranteed. Uh, well, no trade can make that 100% guaranteed, but I don't think it's as likely as some Pels fans would hope. I think when you add Kevin Durant next to Devin Booker, I think it's pretty safe to say you're a championship contender. It's a lot you're going to be terrifying once the playoffs come around. I think anybody who loves mid-range jumpers, you just tune into the Suns. It's going to be a, a mid-range jumper fest. Uh, just <laughs> everybody just taking jumpers at the free throw line the whole game. Uh, the, the, all my all my '90s guys, they're going to love them some Suns basketball. Uh, but yeah, I mean they're going to be extremely dangerous with those two, you know, two of the best scores in the NBA, two of the best scores in their generation. And then, oh yeah, you got arguably the best point guard of his generation facilitating for that Chris Chris Paul there. You know, dropping dimes, the point guy. So, yeah, I mean, the, that team is going to be extremely fun to watch. We know Monty Williams is an excellent coach. They're a very smart offensive basketball team, the way they move their pieces, uh, the way they move the ball, move bodies. They still got DeAndre Aiden going down the middle, you know, you know, bringing in defenders and catching those lives from CP. So they're extremely dangerous. I think they're going to be – they're going to miss that depth on the wing with Cam Johnson and McCall Bridges gone. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of pressure on guys like Torrey Craig, Damian Lee uh, to knock down those corner threes to defend, you know, guys like Luca, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. You know, when those matchups come, I mean, but the firepower they can put on the court is incredible. And I think the one fortunate thing for the Pels is they already played there four times against the Suns. That series is over for this yeah, year. Sure. You don't have to worry about seeing KD until uh, next year, uh, unless there's a another playoff matchup, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, if the Suns and the Pels see each other in the playoffs one more time, especially with that big, tall, seven-foot guy on that side. Yeah, well, I'm I'm curious to see what Pelican-Suns games are going to be like in the future. Like you said, there's no more regular season meetings between those two teams. I mean, I think if anything, just adding Durant would make it even more intense from a New Orleans fan perspective just because, you know, he's one of the best players in the league and it just adds another huge name to the mix of when the when Phoenix comes in here. How uh, how you know fired up people are for that game. But um, speaking of another team that people around here are pretty familiar with, um, I think one of the other huge splashes that everyone talked about that happened a little bit uh, before the trade deadline was Kyrie going to Dallas. Um, how much do you think that makes that improves them? I mean, what was your assessment of just what the Mavericks did with that move? Yeah, I mean, the big thing with the Mavs is always is, you know, how much are they going to lean on Luka? How much does Luka have to create every single shot for them every mm-hmm. single time down the court? And when you add a talent like Kyrie, it just makes them more dangerous offensively. Uh, we know Jason Kidd is going to have a great understanding of how to use a point guard, how to put him in a great position. And you saw just Kyrie's basketball IQ in his first game with Dallas and his understanding of how to play with that team, how to play within that system. It looked like he's been with them for years in that first game. And, you know, he was so comfortable in finding guys, finding his spots. And, you know, when when Kyrie's on the court and we could just worry about basketball, he's masterful. I mean, he's one of the most gifted guys we've ever seen on the basketball court with all the stuff he can do and all the the ways he understands the game. But I think uh, with with Kyrie, it's never just about the basketball, right? It's about how long 
before the next crazy press conference, before the next weird tweet comes out, before the next time he has the issue with the front office. And I think that's the big question for Dallas. It's not about basketball. I mean, when they're on the court, they're going to look incredible. Luka has never played with a guard like Kyrie Irving before. And Kyrie has never played. I guess he can say he played with LeBron. But he, uh, just having another guy like that next to him who can dominate the game, uh, I think it's going to allow Kyrie to fit in uh, a lot easier uh, than it was at times this year with the Nets when, when Kevin Durant was out. But with with Dallas, I, I think it's just going to be how are they going to manage the off-court issues. They didn't trade Christian Wood, which is another guy who's had off-court issues at times. People didn't New Orleans know about him and some of the stuff that was going on with him behind, uh, behind the scenes here. So I think uh, that's the big question for Dallas is how are they going to manage Kyrie? Uh, how much is the, the, his contract situation going to come up? Uh, I'm sure they would like to sign him long-term. I'm sure he would like to sign long-term. Uh, are they going to be able to get to that finish line before something crazy happens, before Kyrie sees something else uh, crazy on Amazon? Uh, who knows? Uh, but as far as the, the, the basketball goes, uh, I think it's a great fit. I think they're going to be extremely fun to watch. And I think uh, they're the most potent backcourt in the league right now. And, uh, it, it's going to be crazy once these playoffs start because they they can they can damage you in a lot of different ways. Uh, but I just hope my guy Tim Cato, who's covering the Mavs, has those tweet notifications on because you never know my, what might <laughs> pop up uh, when Kyrie's feeling a certain way. Yeah, crazy was the word to describe. But good luck to basketball ye out there in Dallas. Uh, man, it is going to be an absolutely bonkers Western Conference. Can't wait to see the rest of the season, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Pels stack up against this absolutely insane West. Thanks for pouring a little uh, water on the coals there. You know, it's a little hot in here. Uh, the hot takes were getting to me. Will, I think you uh, you saved us, man. Thanks for hopping on the podcast today. I appreciate you guys. I got to stay calm because Jim knows when I talk about my North Carolina Tar Heels, I'm anything but calm. Yeah. So I try to stay calm in other aspects of my life because it's quite chaotic when it comes to me watching college basketball, my favorite team. Uh, so I try to keep it calm, uh, at least in other parts of my life. Hey, man, you sound zen. <laughs> appreciate you, Will. Good stuff from Will Guillory there. He calmed my nerves just a little bit. Maybe I'm a little shaky from the energy drinks. 9 p.m., Jim. I swear I was walking to my car this morning, and they had a wind chime playing, and I, in my head I thought it was playing na-na-na-na-boo-boo. And maybe that's just the Rorschach test of me and how I'm <laughs> feeling about this late game. Uh, but I'm a dad, man. I don't do anything. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. You know, uh, we, we, we talked about it. Uh, the Cavs are good. They've got a lot of scorers. Uh, but let's hope we can keep pace tonight, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is this will be a, 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 another good test. I mean, the Pelicans have a chance to finish the homestand undefeated, which would be huge, especially coming off uh, uh, the 10-game losing streak that I'm trying to forget as quickly as possible. What? Losing so, streak? What? Yeah. I remember. It's so long ago. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, this would be great. The Pelicans also have the weekend off in terms of games. So no game Saturday, no that game Sunday. Me too. I love it. Yeah, actually, that, mo- most importantly, Joe Cardosi gets a couple well-deserved days off. Yes, so. don't ask me to do anything, by the way. Uh, my friends are like, oh, you have the weekend off. I've been working so much. If you ask me to go to lunch or jail, I'd rather go to jail because I'll have to fake a smile in jail. <laughs> so just leave me alone this weekend. I'll see you on the All-Star break. Uh, Jim, you know, you're, you're looking a little tense today for a guy that's pu- as pumped up and optimistic as you are. I, I see you just flexing in your jacket there, gritting your teeth. Uh, what's going on, man? Well, Joe, I, th- 
think this is long overdue. Uh oh. But it's time for another gym rat. Uh oh, people, gird your loins. It's the second gird your loins of this podcast. You better gird them. Jim is about to rant. Let me get my position here. Go off, King. <laughs> well, Joe, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussion in the last few years about player empowerment. That yep. seems to be the buzzword, the term that the phrase that everyone uses where they describe, you know, how great it is that the players are able to um, take their fortunes in their own hands. And that's all great and everything. But I do think that as time has gone on, there's been a few things that have been made clear about player empowerment. It's really not player empowerment for one. It's really top 10 player empowerment. It's really this um, small exclusive club of elite players that dictate their destiny and control franchises and tell them what I'm going to do and what you're going to do for me. Whereas the, it's like a have and have not system. Yeah. You might say that that you might say that. And so you might have, you know, 10, okay. I'll, I'll say 20. I'll be generous and say it's 20 guys that have player empowerment. Sure. So if that's the case, that means there's 430 players who don't have player empowerment. Yeah. And I think this is something that has become more and more evident as we've seen, for example, individual players go from, demanding a trade to one team, the team they go to, they demand a trade there, they go to another team. And part of what happens in the fallout of this that I feel like no one ever talks about is no one talks about the Spencer Dinwiddie's of the NBA. No one talks about the Mikel Bridges, the Cam Johnsons, the Patrick Patrick Beverly's, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Didn't have him on my list, but I'm I'm glad you you threw him on there. Um, These are players. I mean, take, let's look at Mikel Bridges, for example, great player. I think he's awesome. I think he's like one of the best, you know, he, it's almost insulting to call him a role player because right. he's more than that. Um, I'm sure he thought he was going to spend the rest of his career in Phoenix. They interviewed him on TNT last night before the Brooklyn or during the Brooklyn game, because he's been traded to the nets yeah. and he still seemed like he was like, uh, what am I doing here? Uh, right. Wait, I'm supposed to be, aren't I supposed to be in Phoenix? And he talked about how, um, it was so stunning that one of his teammates actually informed him of the trade. He didn't even know about it. Some one of his fr- um, it's just a Lee. crazy concept we forget about. It's just like oh, you, you wake up one day like oh, by the way, you work at Office Max. So <laughs> right. get over there. Right. Like, exactly. Whatever your job is, like you just yeah, you go somewhere else. Now. And I think I think people have always understood that specific part of it is part of the deal. Like you're you you might get traded if you're a player it's part sure. of what happens it's part of the business it's but i think the player Still empowerment weird. has accelerated the that aspect of it though to the point where almost you you're always looking over your shoulder if you're one of these players and even to go back a few years with um Brandon Ingram Josh Hart some of the guys that were on the Lakers going back about 4 yeah. or 5 years Julius Randle another guy that played for New Orleans the they had a stretch where if you played for the Lakers and you were a recent draft pick you always you were almost like the placeholder until they could find somebody better. Oh yeah, they were you like, knew you were going. We're somewhere. just we're yeah. just accumulating these guys so that we can trade you for the player who wants to ask out of the team that he was on, Anthony Davis. Yes. Um. So I just want people to take a step back when they talk about player empowerment and they talk about how great it is, and think of the the guys that aren't in the twenty. Yeah, the collateral damage. Keep, think of the other four hundred and thirty players of the four hundred and fifty who now are constantly changing teams. Patrick Beverly's been on like, I've lost track. He's been on like five or six teams in the last 
I, okay, that's a separate. That's a separate issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just roll. But stay, yes, stay yeah. with me here, Joe. I'll, I'll try, let, try let's keep, let's keep this on. Sorry. Let's keep this train on track as much yeah. as we can. Um, and with him specifically, you could point to in if if say he's been part of five trades in the last two or three years, which is that's about the number what it is. Yeah, you can point specifically to player empowerment as the reason why he was basically just the collateral of. Someone, some other player wanted to do X, Y, Z. Um, he was with the Clippers before Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went yep. there. He's not with the Clippers anymore. Um, there's a bunch of different things on the list of he's, he's, he, he should never buy. He should all, only rent. And this is a guy that I know you, a lot of people My don't like him, opinions, your personal yes opinion, aside, but yes. I think he's the kind of player that you look at as like, he should be the glue guy somewhere. He should be the guy that, yeah, I mean, that that's, uh, you look at that, that moment that was funny. I got to admit where he was like showing the camera to the ref, you know, mm-hmm. having LeBron's back. That's the kind of guy you want on your team, right? You want his head on a pike if he's on the other <laughs> team. Uh, but man, if he's on your team, I mean, that's kind of what Najee is for us, you know, mm-hmm. like our enforcer, you sure. know, kind of funny guy, mm-hmm. much more affable than a Pat Beverly. Right. Uh, but you know, every, every guy, every team wants one of those guys. And, uh, yeah, apparently Patrick Beverly is just a rental for when you need one for a bit. And I think of, um, Memphis and Tony Allen in Memphis, he was able to stay there for a long time. He wasn't, you know, a star player, but he was the guy that the, the Grizzlies valued like right. those there should, there's players that teams used to value at a level that Heart they wouldn't guys. be traded every yeah. five minutes. And I feel like because of the constant shuffling of players demanding all this different stuff, their fellow players are getting a raw deal. I mean, I don't want to go overboard. Like, we understand that all the players and a lot of players would tell you this. They have a great situation, sure. but yeah, I, I still, I still feel like, we've gotten to the point where there are too many players that are negatively affected by the fact that the top 10 or 20 players are in the mode of every six months or every two years, I want to be traded. And because of that, you're all, you're all going to have to suffer the consequences. Yes. And, and it ripples across the board. Entire franchises are changed by one guy woke up and he, he didn't want to be there no more. Uh, it, it's, it's a weird situation and definitely, uh, you've seen some of the collateral damage from that. A lot of franchises that looked like they were going to be absolute juggernauts uh, don't look like that anymore. Uh, so that's a good gym rant, man. I am uh, I am going to just stay at my distance. So keep that energy tonight, man. We're going to need it in the Smoothie King Center. Hopefully you will be there. Uh, Gus is going to be out there. Check out the radio crew before the broadcast tonight, starting at 830, around section 121. You'll be able to see Gus. You'll be able to hear him. Uh, he's going to have a speaker out there. Say hi. Go say hey to the radio crew. Graf going to have the call at 9 p.m. tonight, 8.30 pregame on WRNO 99.5. Big thanks to Jim Eichenhofer. Big thanks to Will Guillory. Willery, as I'm going to call him. Don't tell him that. Uh, and big thanks to you for listening to the podcast. We're everywhere. We're on the iHeart Podcast Network, which means we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're everywhere you listen to podcasts. No excuses. Tell your friends. I'm warning you. We will talk to you once again on a Monday. And until then, Jim. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com. 
the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Baby, we can kiss it goodnight. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.